Hello and welcome back to the Candid Faith Podcast. My name is Shelby and I am the host of this podcast. And today we are actually, first of all, (laughs) if you haven't been here before, welcome. And if you've listened before, welcome back. Um, Candid Faith Podcast is where we have real and relevant chit chats and conversations that help us grow in our faith and talk about things that can be sometimes difficult to talk about or confusing to talk about. Um, I love to just share my story, my experiences, and just hope that it resonates with somebody. Um, I'm a big advocate for um, sharing our story while we go through like the struggle, like while the story is still being written. That way we can all learn from how we are working through certain situations and we understand like how other people are going through the process um, or dealing with the process instead of like, you know, just telling the story of like, oh yeah, I went through that and now I'm not in it anymore and I kind of forget how it feels and how it felt and all that stuff. So I'm... I'm big on sharing what you're going through now so that you can get the help and the wisdom that you need to come out the other side looking a lot shinier and healthier than maybe you would have if you had just toughed it out on your own. Today we are talking about my testimony. Um, I haven't shared this on the podcast and I don't think I've shared it from start to finish. It's not long, I wouldn't say. Um, but I just don't think I've shared it with anyone kind of like from the beginning. I know I've shared little snippets of it. Um, but I kind of just wanted to sit down and just share my story, my testimony. And I love listening to other people's testimonies, especially because we like if you haven't known someone for very long, then all you see is the are the results of like how Jesus has rescued them and saved them and um, kind of what their life looks like now that they have Jesus in it. But I mean, everyone has a life before they met Jesus. And even if we've grown up in church, like you still, it's still so important to have that personal relationship with, um, with God. And that is like a personal journey that we all go on. And so I think it's really cool to just hear where people come from and how they came to know Jesus and, um, what they faced with him, maybe what they're still struggling through, how you can pray for them and things like that. So I just love that. And that's kind of my heart posture going into this episode. Um, first and foremost, um, well, first and foremost, we'll pray. Um, (laughs) um, but before that, I just wanted to thank our two sponsors for this video. I love being able to say that it's so cool. So first is our favorite, which is Hosanna revival. They create beautiful Bibles that inspire Christians to get into the word of God. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that all of my Bibles, all of my devotionals come from Hosanna. They also have incredible an incredible team of writers who write in-depth and heartfelt devotionals. And my favorite, I did one this year, was called song, uh, Songs for the Suffering. And it was absolutely beautiful. Um, and I, I love that author so much. And all that is accessible um, on the Hosanna Revival website. Their shop is full of amazing products and gifts and resources. And they are giving listeners 10% off with the code Shelby Lynn York. And so that's super exciting. And then you all know that I hardly ever record without first making a cup of tea. Maybe you don't all know that, but I normally do say like, I have my tea, I'm ready to record. (laughs) Um, Don't get me wrong, I love my daily cup of coffee, but I have a special place in my heart for tea. Um, In college, I was called the tea girl because um, people would literally come to my dorm like people living in my dorm building would come up to my room just so that I can make them a cup of tea because I had like crazy delicious flavors. Um, and I also had my tea kettle with me and not a lot of people had that. <laughs> so they couldn't make their own tea. Um, but full leaf tea co is built on providing the best tea experience possible. They offer the best customer service and tea blends that literally taste amazing. And the best part is everything is certified organic. And I don't know about you, but that means a lot to me. 
So Full Leaf Tea is offering listeners 15% off their order with the code SHELBYLANDNEWYORK. And both of those codes will be in the episode description because I know you're going to want to go check out both those websites. With all that aside, I have my three drinks. Is anyone else like a three drink person? Like I always have water. I have um, this thing that I call an adrenal cocktail that helps with like my energy throughout the day. And then I have a matcha. Like, is anyone else like a three drink girly or brother? (laughs) I don't know what is the male version of girly. Um, but yeah, I like, I always have three drinks on me at all times. I don't know why. So I fun, fun fact, I don't have any notes for this episode and that is probably not the best decision um because this is actually the second time I'm recording this podcast episode I listened to it back the first time and there's just a lot of things that I wish I would have explained a little better so that's what I'm going to try to do this time um but I think the first time was good practice so hopefully that will set me up well for the rest of this episode so circa 20 11. I think I was a sophomore or freshman. I think it was like the end of my freshman year. Um, I started dating a guy, um, in high school and we dated all the way up to my freshman year of college. So about four years, three and a half maybe. And, um, the relationship itself. I don't, I don't want to use this like time to bash him or the relationship. Um, I will just say that it was a relatively rocky relationship. We broke up a lot, got back together, broke up and got back together. And that it was just like a lot of on and off for like the majority of the three years, three or four years we were together. Um, There was a lot of emotional and mental manipulation that went on from both sides. Like I said, like, this is not like we're going to bash my ex. (laughs) Um, I did plenty of that after we broke up and some years later, but that's not what this is for. Um, But we were just kids, honestly, like when I think about it now, I'm 27 and I mean, I think we started dating when I was like 15. So, I mean, literal babies (laughs) was like, we were literal babies when we started dating and just in like the grand, the grand scheme of things and like the bigger picture, like we were so, so young and high school relationships are really are either like great. And some people find their person forever. And that just like, wasn't the case for us, which is fine. As you'll see, everything worked out the way it should have. Um, and the way that benefited me and in a way that led me to God in a really beautiful way. Um, and God is really, really great at writing second chance stories and love stories and redemption stories. And I'm really proud, even though I took a lot of wrong and unhealthy turns, um, in my life before I was saved and definitely some after I was saved. Um, I'm really proud of just my story that the story that God has written for me and is just continue continuing to unravel, um, in front of me. So our relationship in high school was not all bad. Like we had really great memories. Like the breakup would not had, would not have been difficult if there was not some good in our relationship. There definitely was like, cute, sweet moments that I still remember that are just like an integral part of my memory of high school. Um, it does suck that most of the time, like when someone hurts you, all you can think about are like the bad things and like the negative things that happen. But, um, that is doing my high school years injustice. If I'm only thinking about the negative and only choosing to remember the bad things that happen because, I mean, four years is a long time to be with somebody and we were like, our lives were so like integrated just because obviously we went to the same high school and like we were together every day and there was really not a day or a week that we were not together just because like, unless we were on vacation or something like that, just because we lived close, we could drive like a year or so after we started dating and things like that. So like we were very much like intertwined, um, throughout all those four years and 
eventually he left for college and I was finishing out my senior year of high school and things like kind of got better when he left, like long distance actually did us some good. Um, but just because we were not in like a healthy, I mean, high school's hard. Like you're dealing with so much as an individual, like dealing with friendship drama, dealing with schoolwork, dealing with what am I doing in the future? And then also like I personally was, I struggled with depression and anxiety in high, in high school. And so like that alone, like just having to deal with that and then also trying to like be in a relationship with somebody while dealing with everything else that I just was not mature enough to be able to like handle that. I had like what high schooler has like really, really great communication skills. Um, although like this generation (laughs) that is rising up is just like wise beyond like more wise than I can ever imagine being when I was in high school. So just like kudos to them and like God has truly anointed them. Um, but for me, like communication skills were like blah. And, um, my boyfriend and I, like the only way we really communicated when we were, um, going through something like going through a fight or like having a fight or something like that was just like either silent treatment or like yelling at each other or like blocking each other and going on social media and talking bad about each other, like talk about the epitome of maturity. Right. So that's just kind of what, like where we were in like the state of our relationship. And so when he left for college, things were like kind of okay, but it was kind of inevitable that like it was going to happen. And we had already spent so many years breaking up, getting back together, breaking up. And so it was just kind of like, okay, well, when we broke up, when we were separated, it was like, okay, we'll probably get back together next week. But then like the time in between, um, us getting back together started getting longer and longer. And I was like, that's kind of when I started to freak out because our relationship was like built kind of built on like on and offness. And so when we started, when like I started realizing that we might not get back together, then I kind of started to freak out. And that is when the reality of like, I might actually lose this person in my life. Um, I just didn't know how to handle that. And so my anxiety like was absolutely crippling. And, um, especially because he wasn't in the same state as me anymore. So it was a lot harder to communicate if we wanted to ignore each other all day, there was no opportunity for us to like cross paths and see each other like in the hallway or anything like that. So because of this like introduction to extremely intense anxiety after we I want to say like officially broke up, like once we were actually like done, we were not getting back together. I just literally spiraled into the darkest depression, the worst anxiety, and just like experiencing anxiety in a way that I still really to this day cannot explain. Like I could not be by myself and I was living with a roommate. And so like she was not at home all the time and I like... I just could not stand being in a quiet room. I couldn't stand like my own thoughts. I my like my head was a dark place at that time. I had just kind of sep- like I mean not kind of I had just separated from somebody even though the relationship like even though I absolutely could justify that we needed to break up. Um that did not take away from the fact that I was hurt like that is so common where you know that you need to break up with somebody or you need to um, end a friendship or distance yourself from like a family member or something like that. Like that doesn't, just because you know it needs to happen doesn't mean it, it hurts any less. And so a lot of the time we would just get back, like I would run back to the same thing that hurt me just to avoid the pain and the discomfort of going through it. And that was most of our relationship. And now that he was moved, he was um, in a different state, but like fast forward a couple months, he ended up moving back to Ohio and going to the same college as me. And like, that was honestly worse because even though I thought that him being in a different state was bad because I was like wanting to get back together. So we didn't have to go through the grief, like the grieving process of a breakup. 
once I got into therapy, um, through my college with like my absolute favorite person on this planet, which was my very first therapist, um, who I was with for three years, she helped me through some of the darkest times of my life. Um, once I started seeing her and I started healing, um, and just like understanding that life does actually go on. And I am like, there is not only one guy on this planet who liked me, who will like me, who thought I was funny or cute or smart and things like that. Like there's billions of people on this earth. Shall we like get it together? Um, but like once I started realizing that and I started healing, um, the fact that he was like going to my college now was so freaking hard because I would see him like I didn't go to like a huge school. So it was common that we would see each other in passing, um, especially because there was only one food hall. There was only um, like there's only so many places you can hide on this campus. And when I would see him, even just a glimpse, like I just I just could tell <laughs> like it was him in my peripheral. Um, and when I would look, he'd be there. It's like all the progress that I made emotionally and mentally. It just like didn't matter because I would see him. I would remember that he existed and it's like none of the friends I made mattered. None of the dates I had been on mattered. Um, none of the personal work that I was doing in myself was like worth anything anymore. And it just felt like it was so, it was just so discouraging to feel like, okay, well, if I'm doing this much work in myself, like, why does it even matter if one thing is going to trigger me. And then I'm just like back to square one. So that was the hardest thing. I think even like, even despite the pain and the discomfort of going through a breakup, the worst thing for me was just feeling like I was backsliding and feeling like nothing I did was enough to distance myself from him, to dissociate myself from the relationship. Like, because we went to such a small high school, everybody knew our business and people took sides. And most people listened to his side of the story than my side of the story. But like, I just, I truly learned that one, it's okay if some, if people are wrong about you, you don't have to prove or um, like you don't have to prove that you're right to anybody or you don't have to, you don't owe anyone an explanation, I guess is what I'm saying. And so I used to think it was just like the worst thing in the world that people did not know my side of the story and I did not get the last word. Um, no, I, that was one of the first things that God worked with me on before I even realized that, that God was working with me on it. So like, it was just a mixture of like maturing and healing and um, just accepting the help from Jesus, like the help from the Holy Spirit. The really cool thing about this time, this like season of grieving and just figuring out who the heck I wanted to be because my whole identity was like wrapped up in this relationship. Um, a lot of people say like, like you're in high school, like you don't know what love is or like, how can you be hurt? Like how can two high schoolers under the age of 20, like how can two people under the age of 20 truly cause that much damage to each other? And that is ridiculous because like when you're young and I'm not saying this is for everybody, like I'm just saying this is, this is how it happened. Like how our maturity played out basically, like how our mature maturity affected the relationship that's so ridiculous to say because like when you're young and you don't know like how words and what you speak over people, how that's going to affect them in the future, anything goes like literally anything, any word, any phrase, any insult is fair game. So absolutely like we hurt, we hurt each other in ways that I cannot even imagine doing to somebody now, even like somebody I would, you know, like I would never wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> like literally there were things that I said to him and he said to me that I would never say to somebody now. And I would never let some, I would never tolerate if someone said that to me in my life now. So absolutely. Like there is like your brain is in high school, like middle school, high school, like your brain is still forming ideas and what you think is truth about the world and about people. And if that's like, 
if that's affected by something or somebody negative or a negative situation, like, of course, your perspective on people, on relationships, on friendships, on life is going to be extremely jaded in the future. And that is what like grief and pain and heartbreak and jaded perspectives and mistrust in people like that is how and I think I said anxiety and depression um that is what I was delivering like I (laughs) that's how I was presented to God when um when I first started praying so I did not grow up in church and so I really had no basis of how to pray, what or what I should say. Um, And so during the breakup, I randomly decided that like, if there's a God, he's the only person who's going to fix my relationship. He's the only person, which is just so crazy because I really had no preconception of who God was. And yet there was something inside of me that knew that God was the answer. And that just blows my mind because like, like I said, didn't grow up in church. I I didn't own a Bible. I like anytime that there was, I was around prayer. It was with like my great grandparents during dinner. You know what I mean? Like I had no preconception of who God was. And yet something inside of me was like, I don't know who this God is, but like, if he's real, he's going to fix everything for me. And that's just like, that just blows my mind. The first couple of times we broke up. My prayer life was mainly about getting back together. Like, God, will you please just fix our relationship? I'll be, it literally makes me so, so freaking sad to like talk about now Um, because I was just so hurt. I was like such a hurting girl and who just like desperately needed Jesus. But all my prayers back then were, or like the first couple of times we broke up, in college, like before the big breakup, before we like really sever ties was about like, God, will you please just fix my relationship? I'll be a better girlfriend. I will do better. Whatever you need me to do, I will do better. And then we would get back together and I would attribute that to God. But then after we got back together, like I just, I stopped praying. Uh, like God didn't exist to me anymore. I was basically like a fair weather Christian without even being a Christian because I was not yet saved. Um, and I did not yet know who Jesus was and what he did. So my prayers back then were very trivial, very, and not saying like God didn't care about them. Like, obviously God was like, yes, this is the little seed that needed to be planted in her heart for me to do some real work for him to do some real work. And, um, So my prayers back then just were about getting back together with my boyfriend and whatever. And then during the actual, so like we broke up officially, but then there was like shrapnel (laughs) that was still falling and like raining from the sky after the breakup, meaning like we were still texting each other really hurtful things. And the really crazy thing was like, just because the breakup was so hurtful And I was struggling with a lot of things um, during, like, after the breakup. I just convinced myself that, like, I was losing such a big part of my life. And I I was, for sure. Like, Like I said, four years is a long time to be with somebody. Our lives were very much integrated. But, for example, like, I was not friends with his sister and I honestly did not even like being around his sister um she was younger than us but like because I was so um like delusional and um kind of messed up honestly from the breakup I convinced myself that like the breakup was causing me to lose my best friend which was his sister which was not true um and so I would like text her I would text like his friends I would text our friends and just like asking like how he is telling them like please tell him I'm doing so good right now and like I don't need him and blah 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 and he would just text me like really hurtful things back and like I get it like he was annoying I was annoying um he was hurtful I was hurtful like there was just a lot like hindsight 2020 like I understand that like pain makes us do pain and heartbreak and love makes us do like really, really crazy things. And I was just such a hot mess. Like 
just imagine like the hottest of dumpster fires. And that was my life from like 20, 2018 to like 20, actually not 2018. It was more like 2014 to 15. I like got those dates mixed up. 2014 um, to 2015-ish, my life was just a hot mess. But at some point, my prayer life changed from God, please restore and fix this relationship. Give me back my boyfriend, whatever. Um, That shifted to a prayer of God, I don't know what else to do, but I don't want this relationship anymore. I just want to be happy and I just want him to be happy. And so like the, it was just like a weird shift. And I love looking back on it because I did not know the magnitude of that prayer at the time, which was basically a very selfless prayer to a God I truly did not know yet. Um, but I just, I just started praying like, okay, God, I don't care if you bring, if you like bring us back together as long as we both end up happy. And I just, I just remember like feeling a small weight lifted off of me. Like God was like, there we go. That's the prayer I was waiting for. That was the invitation that I needed. So after like maybe a month, I was still you know, I was still struggling. Like I said, I would see him at school and feel like I was just completely undone again. Um, but in that time, maybe like the span of two or three months, we, we truly had stopped talking during that time. I had really, for some reason, again, like it, to me, it just doesn't make any sense, but I had, developed the habit of going onto Pinterest of all places and looking up scripture. Um, Cause like I said, there was just something inside of me that knew that God is the only person who can save me and help me, even though I did not know who he was and I didn't know that he knew who I was. <laughs> um, but I had developed the habit of writing scripture in my journal just from Pinterest. Like I didn't have a Bible or anything, And so I would just like look up scripture, scripture on heartbreak, scripture on like whatever on Pinterest. And then I would write down the things that were encouraging to me. And one of those verses um, was Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those crushed in spirit. Um, And then I also love this other version. It's your, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. And I had written down a lot of scripture in that time, but for some reason, I mean, not for some reason, like you, you heard the scripture. It's a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful reminder of like God's character, but that verse stuck with me so much. I could literally write a whole book about (laughs) the emotional impact that that scripture had on me. Because like, if you can just imagine like how devastated I was after this breakup, like I was always crying. I was, my anxiety was never not on a 10. I was depressed. I, um, sometime in between like, I don't know, um, like month, like a month after the breakup and like four or five months after the breakup, I started like dating a little bit. Like I met a friend of a friend and we kind of dated, but like not really, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it was just like a weird, a weird fling, I guess. But like I was dating and basically that was the start of me trying to find my worth and trying to find acceptance in other people And so like, like I said, just a complete dumpster fire and that verse, it just was like the Holy Spirit saying like, you don't have to clean yourself up to have a relationship with God. And even though you are the way you are right now, like you're in this really crazy season of life. You just started college and you just went through a breakup and you're also trying to date. So you're more likely to get hurt by people you don't even care about and who don't care about you. And you're, then you're dealing with depression and anxiety and everything. Like, even though you are going through all of these things, 
God is close to you and he wants to be close to you. Like that just like opened my heart to a new kind of love, like an idea of love that I had never really experienced before, especially because when you're that much of a hot mess and like it took me months to get over this breakup, my friends at the time were just like, okay, girl, like, come on, like get it together. It's time to move on. Um, and so I felt like a burden a lot of the time. And I know that I was annoying. Like I definitely know that I was, um, I remember like my roommate in college, like she would want to hang out with her boyfriend, but like I said, I could not be alone. And so I would literally like lay on her bed while they were like watching movies, like while they, we were all three like in bed together, just watching TV. And I'm sure that she wanted to be left alone. So that was just kind of like what was going on, what I needed in my life at the time. But that did not, even though like no one said that to me, like no one said I was a burden. No one said I was being annoying and I needed to just like get over myself and get over it. I still felt that way. And so when I read that scripture, like even though I did not understand the concept of who God was, that one single verse was enough for me to be like, I think I like, I think I want to know like who God is. I think I want to explore this a little bit. Like I felt him calling to me and I didn't feel alone and I didn't feel like I was worthless, even just for a moment. Like when my, when my, heart really connected emotionally to that verse. Like I just felt like there's at least one person who doesn't, who isn't trying to rush me through this grieving process, who isn't trying to like push me to the, to the next season of my life where I'm not crying all the time when I'm not thinking about him all the time or talking about him or like just trying to get to the next day without having a complete mental breakdown. Of course, I didn't know that this experience was tying me to a lot of, um, like a lot of spiritual baggage and bondage. I guess bondage is the better word. A lot of spiritual bondage, like even just depression and anxiety period, but also sexual sin, I spiraled into, like I said, binge dating and trying to find my worth and people and trying to prove to myself that my ex-boyfriend was not the only guy who was going to like me and want me. And so my brain was looking for validation that that was not going to be true. And obviously it became like a form of addiction where I was dating, I was going on so many dates and I fell into sexual sin and pornography and drugs and alcohol just from being like a quote social butterfly and being around a lot of different groups of people um, in college. And so spiritual bondage was starting to latch onto me in more, in more ways than the physical, like not just sexual sin and binge drinking and binge dating, but I never realized that a spirit of rejection had attached to my life. And that was kind of a big part of the emotional distress that I went through after the breakup was just feeling rejected. I mean, that's, I mean, that's true. Like anyone going through a breakup is going to feel rejected. So that was that was the first time I was kind of introduced to that, um, like the spirit of rejection. But unfortunately, again, I did not grow up in church where I was taught these things. And so I lived with that for a really, really, really long time. And um, it affected a lot of my relationships, a lot of my friendships in ways that I would not see and not understand until like much later in my walk with Jesus. In 2016, I was living alone in an apartment and just, I think I'd been living there for maybe a year. And one day I was driving back home from school And I realized that there was a church right across the street from my apartment building. And I had never really noticed it before, but that day I clocked it and it was so small. It looked like somebody's house, but it was a church. And 
I just was like, I think I'm just going to like go <laughs> like, I think I'm just going to go this week, like go on Sunday. And I had no reason to want to go. Like I said, I like not growing up in church. I didn't, I didn't have a reason to be like, oh yeah, I need to like get back to church. Or I've always wanted to find a church because like, I don't live in my hometown town anymore, but that just wasn't the case at all. I had no ties and no connection to any church. And so it was purely by like a nudge by the Holy Spirit that even though I didn't call it what it is then, I can look back and recognize that that feeling, that nudge was definitely the Holy Spirit telling me that like, hey, you should go check out this church. And so I went on a Sunday, of course, I think it was um, the end of my sophomore. Yeah, it would have been the end of my sophomore year. And I walk in and the inside of the church is so small and so cute. Um, it was very cozy, very welcoming, and the people were so welcoming and, and kind. Um, and I remember the first the first day I went to that church, it was actually um, not a normal day for them. They, they had college students interning with them, and it was their last day at the church. And so they were actually like the high, the, um, college students were actually the ones like leading worship and, um, they sang a song that (laughs) it's so funny. Like God is so funny. They sang a song, these people I did not know, these college students I never saw again. Um, on my first day of going to this church, they sang a song about heartbreak and how God shows up like right in the middle of your messy situations. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like did somebody leak my whole life story to this, <laughs> to these people? Because they were singing like right to my heart. Like they were singing exactly my situation, all of the struggles I was like dealing with. And they were singing about how God is like, so loving and he doesn't shy away from you when you're when life gets ugly and when it gets dark and so I went I kept going and I got really close to the pastors who owned the church and um maybe like a month or so after or a month a month or so of going to the church I went over to my pastor's house for dinner and um I started talking to Debbie who was the wife of the, well, they were both the pastors, but I started talking to her out on the porch and she just asked me like what my life was like in this season. And of course I just started crying. Like I start telling her about a little bit about the breakup, about how I'm dating and how everything in my life just feels like a complete mess. And I don't even like recognize myself and I'm dealing with a lot of internal um, battles and things like that. And I don't remember how the whole conversation went, but I do know that she asked me if I wanted to know Jesus. Um, And she kind of explained the salvation prayer. And of course I said yes. And like, I didn't entirely know what all of that entailed or like why I needed to say the prayer or what that meant for me. But we said the prayer together and I officially accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then the weeks after that, she basically did like a one-on-one Bible study with me just to help me understand like what Jesus did, why he died for me, and like just the resurrection story. And then a few weeks after that, I went over to their house. She asked if I could come over and she told me that her and her husband could no longer keep the church open because of financial, personal financial reasons. Like they were the only ones keeping the church open, like only on their salary, only on their savings. And they had a daughter. And so that was again, devastating. I was, (laughs) I was coming out of a season and so kind of also in the season of grief. And now like my church is closing and I'm losing something. I'm going through another big change in my life. And I just, I just remember thinking like, why would God call out to me only to spit me back out on the streets to find a new church? And I was, I was just like, I'm never going to find a new church. That's like this one. 
another church that's like the one I was going to because I loved everybody. Um, they were all like, all the women were much older than me, but I looked up to them as like mentors. Like I love them so much. I'm sure they looked at me like a granddaughter because I was probably the age of their grandkids. Um, but I just like, didn't know where I was going to go and what I was going to do. And I was very bitter and resentful and I didn't want to go and find a new church. And I didn't for a long time. Um, but eventually I found a church like around the corner from my apartment and I, I did really like going there. Um, I actually met a friend from there that I actually still talk to to this day. So like silver lining, but eventually, and this was like, I met Johnny in 2018. And so I'm still kind of going on this spiritual journey. I'm still learning so much about God, so much about faith and what that looks like in my life. And even though my faith had grown and I was baptized on the last day that my church was open, like I was doing all these really, really great things, really important things in my walk with Jesus, but I was still very much living in the world. I was still living in sexual sin. I was still stuck in pornography. I still had so much bondage on my life. Um, and then I meet Johnny and he, we have open, like we, we were having open conversations about faith and God and like he believes and I believe, and that was just like enough, you know, just that we believed in God. And, um, it was definitely, like I said, I just feel like God was celebrating the fact that we were allowing him to plant seeds in our life, even though we were still deeply living, living for the world and in sin. Um, we, were trying to un- like we were trying to figure out how pursuing or like what pursuing God looked like in a relationship and because we didn't have like mentors or other Christians in our life at the time we had really 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 toxic people in our life at the time we just continued to live for the world we didn't pray together we didn't like bible study um i don't even think he had his bible out of like storage like we were not equally yoked and we definitely were not a couple living for God. Um, but God can do so much with just a little tiny mustard seed of faith as we know in scripture. Um, and so the pandemic happens in March of 2020, which is the same month we get engaged. That was a really scary, but exciting time in our life because global pandemic engagement and wedding planning, like all of that was going on at the same time. Um, but for me, the pandemic meant that I was working from home full time. And I don't remember what like prompted me to start Bible studying, but I just was like, this is, I mean, what better time? Like I had been complaining about, um, not having the time to Bible study. Um, and I was basically just like a Sunday morning Christian. Like I was, I was a Christian on Sunday, but every other day of the week I was drinking and partying and, um, just like I said, living for the world. Um, so with the, with everything being shut down, I was like, okay, what better time? There are no excuses. I'm not working. Like I'm not going into the office. I'm not, um, spending most of my time driving, like commuting. I'm, you know, there was just no, there was no reason for me to not be able to like get that Bible study, um, experience that I wanted. And so I remember, um, being on YouTube and I looked up Bible study. I don't know, like just Bible studies, um, just so I could like learn slash Bible study with like feeling like I was Bible studying with somebody. And I found this girl on YouTube who did really, really in-depth Bible studies. And she launched me into a completely new era of my faith, of my walk with God, because she broke down how to Bible study in a way that made so much sense to me, in a way that was pretty, in a way that was organized and in a way that I could just understand, which is why I'm like super passionate about helping other people like learn how to read the Bible and what resources there are to, um, to understand and unpack the word and things like that, because that was pivotal 
for me in my faith because we have the word and the word is it's like it's not meant to be confusing and god did not mean for it to be only for like a specific group of people who can understand king james without um without commentary or without help like the bible should be and is accessible um for every group of people for every person and i just never felt like that because i had such a hard time understanding what scripture was saying so the fact that she broke down um or at least gave me the tools to unpack the word was like i said pivotal in my walk with jesus and so during the pandemic like i I was thriving. I was learning so much about who God was. I was so on fire for the word. I, um, I was sharing what I was learning from my Bible studies with Johnny, but he was not, he was not yet saved at that time. He was kind of dealing with some internal, um, an internal battle with God at the time. And even though all of that was true, we still got married. Um, we, got we got married at the end of 20 like october of 2020 so our anniversary is coming up um but because god was calling me into like much deeper faith that definitely created like a small wedge in between me and johnny and like i said we still decided to get married we still decided like we loved each other enough to be committed to each other forever <laughs> and and to get the government involved and um this was just like i just i include this in my testimony because this was like so faith affirming for me and this was just like i mean we've been married for three years so this my testimony is kind of spanning from 2015 2014 15 to like 2020 or 2021 and like i said i only include this part of my testimony because not only did i get to see god work in my husband's life and how the holy spirit brought him into the presence of god um to the point where johnny was like on his knees begging god for help and uh, comfort and counsel but i can look back now and understand that like the work that i was doing um, to understand the word and to understand God's character back in 2020, that was me or that was God planting seeds in Johnny through me. Like I, Johnny tells me like you were leading by example before you even realized that that's what you were doing. Johnny and I found the church that we go to now and even just being there for a couple months completely changed the way that we operated in our faith operated in our marriage and our church offered us so much support and friendship um i had never been to a church that has small groups and basically like a lot of mini communities while also operating in the larger community of church and so when johnny went into basic training in 2021 i was like I was devastated all over again. Like I was so alone, but the church and the people that we met through there and the relationships we had built were exactly what I needed at that time in my life. And God, like just thinking about everything full circle, just the way that God wrote the story um, of me and Johnny coming to faith not long after each other, like accepting Jesus not long after each other, just thinking about it, like reflecting on it and talking about it. There's just so much that needed, so much necessary pain, so much necessary discomfort that needed to happen to get to the point where we were like, I kind of imagine it like when you have a plant in a, in a small pot and the roots can't grow anymore you have to like i mean you don't have to break the pot but i'm just using that in this in this analogy like you need to break that pot so that the roots can grow and expand and god had to break the pot that we were currently planted in 
so that our roots could go deeper. And while that was uncomfortable and while like it was over the span of several years and while we didn't know that's what was happening at the time, um, being where we are now, where we're serving in the body of Christ, we have incredible friends that we love so much. Um, we've built so many relationships. We ourselves are in a position to where like our friends come and ask us advice. Like we're no longer like, I don't want to say no longer as in like everything is fine and we don't have any problems. But like what I mean is like we have taken the wisdom and the instruction from God and internalized it and written scripture on our heart enough to turn around and help the next person in line who might be dealing with some things that we have since closed the door on. Um, and just, like I said, been equipped with the wisdom of God to, even if we still are not like fully functional or fully operational in a certain like area of our life, like we have been through enough, um, to at least help and offer, um, offer guidance to somebody else. And that's just like such a cool place to be because like I said, years ago when I was in college, like I wouldn't give it like no one should have been should have been taking advice from me at all. <laughs> like I was not the person that you wanted to model or needed to be modeling your life after. Once God had us planted in the right church with the right people, that is when he really started to break us free from so much bondage that we in the world had put us in. Because like people just don't warn you. Um, I I just want to say that if you have friends and family or have had people in your life who warn you about how quickly the world will sweep you up and just gobble you up, um, if you've had people that warn you about that and like help you stay on the straight and narrow, I just like thank those people. Um, because I did not have me or Johnny did not have people like that in our lives. And that is why, um, that is why we had to be set free from so much bondage and just by the grace and love of God, he directed us to a church that is so empowered by the Holy spirit and Holy spirit filled and um, we were able to meet the right people who could pray over us and speak life into us and who helped us learn what it really means to walk and live in freedom. And thank God that he has freed me from the spirit of rejection, the spirit of um, lust and unworthiness and fear and that's not to say that I don't still struggle with those things sometimes, but I know now that I have a God who will come to my rescue at any time of day, any day of the week, just because I am his daughter and he wants me to walk in freedom and abundance and life and joy for the rest of my life while I am serving him and being a helpful member of the body of Christ and the, just the coolest thing. And I think this is where my testimony tapers off. It's still ongoing. Like I'm a firm believer that our testimony is not just when we were saved, like not just when we accepted Jesus. Um, like I said, like my testimony did not start the day that I got saved. It, it was like God was working in me way before that. And he was pursuing me way before that moment. And so right now my testimony is plateauing, but not in a bad way at all. Like I know that's kind of a negative word, but I don't mean it like that at all. I am content. I am um, resting in a season where I am helping the next generation feel empowered and confident in who they are in Christ. And the coolest thing is, is that because of what God brought me and Johnny through in our marriage, um, and I mean like through a lot like that could be a separate podcast episode of just how we have how God has raised us up in our marriage um, to be who we are today as a healthy 
couple, um, a couple who prays together, who attends church, who serves together, who um, makes time together and stands up for one another. Because I think that's like something that a lot of couples lack is like having your person's back is no matter who it's against is so vital and just something that I appreciate that we do now um, because that wasn't like something we valued in the past but I would literally do all of me and Johnny's hard days over again if it meant that we could end up where we are today anyway because of what God brought me and Johnny through we get to we get to just like live in God's grace and mercy and joy and bring that into our marriage like we are able sorry that was my phone we get to keep God at the center of our marriage which means that like we literally can get through any any bump any obstacle any hill and any valley um because that is what to me like to me living with the Lord means and I was gonna do I am gonna do an entire episode on this concept but it's like you're running, you're playing the long game when it, when you're a Christian, like it's not about the next, um, the next thrill, or it's not about the, um, the short term pleasures you are, you are walking with a God who wants you to live in abundance and joy every single day, not just in some seasons, not just because you're with this person, not just because, not just because you're married and not just because of this, like he wants you to live in full happiness and joy and freedom every single day. And that is just not something that we can achieve on our own. We need Jesus to be able to do that. And I mean, like who doesn't want to feel joy every single day, even when you are going through a really, really dark time, even when you are experiencing loss, even when you're confused about the state of the world, even when you're not sure who you are or who your friends are anymore, like we can rest easy in Jesus because he does not change. And I always like to think like, I just like to think back on the fact that the God who showed up for me in the messiest time of my life, even before I knew he was there, is the same God that I pray to today. Like he's been with me longer than I've been alive. (laughs) Scripture tells us that, but he's been with me longer than I have known that he, he was with me, like longer than, than I've accepted Jesus as savior longer than the moment that I first prayed. It's easy to think that God has changed because our circumstances here on earth changes um, all the time. Like we're going to go in and out of seasons of our life, seasons of abundance and increase to seasons of dryness and wilderness. Um, But God is still the same. And the best thing that I did for myself and my walk with Christ was to continue to learn more about him and his character and who he was and to continue, wow, continue to talk to him and like just rest in his presence without asking for anything. Because even though in the past when I was going through my breakup, even though I was asking him to like heal me and um, to bring me and my boyfriend back back together or to bring me a boyfriend or bring me the like bring me a husband and and whatever like even though that's what my prayers looked like then what i was really craving was his presence because i knew from the very from the very little that i did know about god and my very few experiences with him like my intentional experiences with him i knew that at least calling on him and being in his presence and reading scripture made me feel way, way better, so much better than anything that a guy or a toxic friend or a website or a drink or some substance could ever make me feel. And the best part of about that is that there are no strings attached when it comes to living your life with God because we are not saved by works. 
We are not saved by how much we can like how we can show off to God or we don't have to prove our worth to God because he is our creator. He already knows how much we're worth. The Bible tells us that. He already knows how much we have to offer. He planted the very skills and the talents and the passions in our heart himself. And so there's never going to be a time where God is like asking you to pour out more than you already have inside of you, like more than you have to give. I know it's going to feel that way. I know it's going to feel like the work of the Lord, like working, like doing the work of the Lord is exhausting and it's tiring and it's discouraging. And all those things can totally be true. But we know that we can't serve the world and God at the same time. And scripture tells us that in um, Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And that's just an example. Like wealth is just an example. But if I have to choose between the world and what the world has to offer me or my flesh wants to offer me versus God who picked me up in the, like, came to me and picked me up and out of one of the lowest seasons of my life with no, like with not needing anything from me without needing me to clean myself up without me truly even deserving it, deserving his love and mercy and grace. Why would I not? I like, I will always choose God. I will always choose Jesus. If it's over a friend, if it's over a relationship, if it's over something that I feel like I deserve to have in life, if it's something that I feel like I was owed, or if it feels like it's something that I feel like is in alignment with the word of God, but I just don't have yet, I will always surrender that to God. Because my story, the one that I just finished telling you, the one that I know I'm missing so many details about, I know like I've forgotten things over the years, my story would not have been able to be used for anything it would not have mattered none of none of the pain that i went through none of the discomfort that i went through would have mattered unless i had just surrendered it to god and allowed it to be used for his glory to glorify his name and to point others others that are struggling or have struggled with things that i've struggled with in my past like i would not be able to point them to jesus if it were not for my testimony. And that is why scripture says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Like that is a perfect example that our testimony, our story is our continuously unfolding story is able to glorify God and also um, edify our faith and the faith of others because we get to show people like I was here, but now I'm here. And, or I was there and now I'm here. I was, I was broken and now I'm healed. I was lost and now I'm found. Like we get to do that simply by, um, attributing all the things that we've gone through and identifying the moments where we just surrendered everything that we were going through to God and the moments that we relied on his strength when it literally didn't make any sense to do that or when we were really scared to do that like i said there were moments in like there were moments years ago that i can talk about now and see like and like recognize when the holy spirit was nudging me um but then like back then i didn't realize that that's what was happening and now i get to look back and be like oh yeah like this is how god showed up for me before i even knew what like I, before i even knew who he was and what jesus did for me this is how the holy spirit was was leading me and was keeping me safe even when i was like purposely putting myself in dangerous situations just to feel like i was existing so just to wrap up i just i just hope that this story my testimony encourages you to maybe share your testimony with somebody um or to maybe reflect on what your testimony even is and like what it looks like for the first time. Like maybe you haven't reflected on how far you've actually come and how much God has actually, like how far God has walked with you and how much you've grown in your faith over the years, like since you've been a Christian. And like, 
I also believe that that our testimony, like we have several testimonies. Like I could have just told you like about the story of when I first went, like when I first went to the church I got saved at and I could have stopped there. I could have started, um, when I first fell into sexual sin and then when I got freed, like all of those are, or like the testimony of our marriage, um, and what we've gone through. Like there are so many little mini testimonies in the grand, like in the big picture of our whole testimony that ends up being our life story. And like all of that is meant to build up our faith and the faith of others. And it's just like so cool that we get to do that. And, um, just help strengthen the body of Christ through that, just through like us living our life with Jesus and showing people how we do it, um, and what he's freed us from and just where he's brought us. And it's just so cool. So I just want to thank you for listening today and I will have a new episode next Friday. And I'm so excited, um, to go into that topic. I'm pretty sure it is going to be about um, fighting the good fight of faith because that's something that God has really been putting on my heart recently. I have no idea like how I'm going to prepare for that. I just know I I just know I feel the nudge to talk about it. So look forward to that. Pray. I actually have notes. Thank you guys for listening to the Candid Faith podcast. And if you have just a quick moment, um, please leave an honest rating and a review of the podcast wherever you're listening to this podcast. That means so much to me, and it also helps others find the podcast. I pray that you guys have a safe and fun and happy and joyful weekend, and I will see you guys next week.